Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 38. Thank you for tuning in to the Rock is George podcast on YouTube, anchor.fm slash rockisgeorge, rockisgeorge.com, or even if you came over from knac.com. Today's episode is with the blues rock act Bonham Bullock. That's Deborah Bonham and Peter Bullock. Off the top of the bat, we'll get this out of the way. Yes, Deborah Bonham is the sister of John Bonham from Led Zeppelin and the aunt of Jason Bonham. Peter Bullock is her husband for the last 30 or so years. Deborah mainly toured as the Deborah Bonham Band, but now together with her husband Peter, they form Bonham Bullock. Their first release is a self-titled one out on April 29th, 2022 through Quattro Valley Records. It's a collection of 13 blues covers running the gamut from Johnny Taylor to Albert King to Stephen Stills to Ann Peebles, Ashley Cleveland, Chris Wilson, and many more. I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of the blues, but I can appreciate good blues music and what Bonham Bullock has put forth with this covers album, some really enjoyable blues-based rock and roll that any music lover would certainly enjoy. I had the chance to speak with Deborah Bonham and Peter Bullock prior to the album's release. It's a fun, entertaining interview. Unfortunately, the day prior to us talking, Deborah had a little accident with a storage bin falling on her nose, so we weren't able to talk face-to-face per se, but they make light of it. So here's Bonham Bullock. I always start with the same question. If I knew absolutely nothing about Bonham Bullock, how would you describe the band's music to me? Well, we've been compared to the uh, swagger of Humble Pie and the Faces, mixed with, uh, I don't know, maybe more bluesy and sometimes a bit more rocky. But it's basically a sound of all the familiar sort of late 60s, early 70s bands from America and UK that that we all love. And uh, every member of the band seems to be you know, you can list the, the top dozen bands, can't you? What is Zeppelin and Purple and Free? And- Our music isn't really like that, though. It's, we, just, we just bring that bit of swagger to it, but it, it's, it's, it's all yeah. rooted in the blues, really. Yeah. There's a little hint of all those things which makes us sound maybe, or gives us our own sound. It's, quite, it's powerful, <laughs> isn't it? I guess it's just like a cookery recipe, isn't it? But it's been, <laughs> it can be it can be powerful and it can be quite delicate as well. We can t- we take and take it down with the light and shades of the. Uh, dynamics as well so i wanted to ask about this bonham bullock title uh is this a rebranding of the deborah bonham band under this new moniker yes it is really um it is george i mean the reason being is that this is a whole new project it's the first time that we've really done other people's songs and done our interpretation it's an album full of the you know old classics some old classics but also a lot of obscure songs because it is a new project and we've been a band for so long, I just really wanted to to make it a band, you know, a, a band thing and bring Pete into L- it. Lose a bit of the girl's name and give him more. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always that sort of <laughs> anybody that comes and sees us and, and hears us knows that this is it has always been a full on butt kicking band, you know. Now that we've got a new uh, record deal with Quarter Valley Records, who have been amazingly supportive of of, um, what we wanted to do, 
I didn't want people just to think it's some some girl woman out there singing, you know, strumming a guitar or something. I mean, it's it's a really powerful band, and Pete is a you know one of the finest guitarists out there. For for Paul Rogers to have picked him to sort of pick up the the the, the Paul Kossoff sort of um, side of things in uh, in Paul's band is is a massive massive accolade. So I really wanted to just pick it up, and instead of it just being Deborah Bonham, I thought, yeah, we'll we'll go for Bonham Bullock, and because we're married, and that's my official name anyway. <laughs> I know it's a mouthful, but I like it. <laughs> it's a mouthful, Bonham Bullock, and I can see how it could go very wrong with some people <laughs> saying some uh, uh, you know variations on the Bullock side of it. But there you go. <laughs> Your new album comes out on April 29th. It's called Bonham Bullock. It's a collection of blues covers released yeah. on Quattro Valley Records. Was this sort of born out of being locked down for the last couple of years? No, I, the idea of it came before that. Years and years ago, people were always saying to me, you know, you really should do a, a blues, a more blues specific album. And I just never felt ready for it because I was loving writing my own stuff. Um, I was much younger and I just kept thinking, no, you know what? You've really got to. And that, got... that was back in the 90s. Wasn't yeah. It? And, yeah. and uh, since then, she probably uh, probably felt a lot more pain since then and could probably genuinely. I, it's it's it you, you just grow into, you know, you, your life goes on and, you know, to, to be able to do any justice to some of the those great blues songs years ago I just didn't think I could you know and I, I certainly didn't want to go in half-hearted I was doing something else you know but the time sort of felt ready I, I, the time felt like it's now just before lockdown happened and it's uh, encouraged by a few people around this as well wasn't it so they're all sort of yeah but um we'd we'd gone we'd been on, out on this uh, Paul Rogers tour as I say he picked the band to back him on the Free Spirit tour in, in the UK, which was really him taking all of uh, the songs of Free and, and going out there and playing them all in the UK. And it was a fantastic tour. And the band did it, uh, Pete and, uh, and the rest of the guys. And then I opened up the show. It was so good. He just said, well, you know, let's take it to, the, to America. So in 2018, uh, we came out with with Paul and Jeff Beck and Ann Wilson and did the Stars Align tour. And that's when we got to meet Quarto Valley boss, uh, Bruce Quarto and his uh, operations director, label operations director, Mike Carden. And they saw us play and, and, and loved it. And that's how the- Yeah, the, and they had already recorded and filmed the Paul Rogers Free Spirit yeah. concert at uh, London's Royal Albert Hall. So they so they knew the band and uh, and, Deborah opening up, so uh, it, it seemed natural they put that out with Paul Rogers. So uh, they thought, oh, we'll, we'll put. Let's, can we do an album well, with you now? Yeah, we had a we had a discussion, and they were so brilliant in that we talked about it with them and just said, well, maybe the time now is to do this this joint project, this um, this rooted in the blues type of project, and and they loved that idea, um, and they've been brilliant in letting us, you know, orchestrate that and just provide the music to them and and they're, yeah. they're doing the rest with it you know so in fact they were initially just going to put our old albums out and we sort of said oh we really fancy doing a new album and they were right behind us with that and supported that so that was kind of cool and then of course that we we got it all happening we recorded it um and everything was going ahead for 2020 and of course then the pandemic hit 
So that sort of disrupted everything. And then we, we had to mix it virtually, I guess, at uh, Peter Gabriel's studio in uh, Bath with a, an amazing- It's called Real World Studios. Real World Studios, yeah. yeah. And with a, an absolutely amazing engineer, Tim Oliver. And we were doing that backwards and forwards uh, uh, over the computer and telephone calls and, you know, and all of this. And then restrictions started to get lifted. And so we were able to go there for one, one day and, and mix. So we got the whole album ready. And then, of course, there was a variant and lockdown happened again. And so it's just been going on. And then come now is everything's lifted here. And that's why we're going with it now. But no, it wasn't born out of lockdown. It was born before. I listened to the album. I'm not super knowledgeable about the blues, but this is a fantastic blues album. But I have to say, you really need to know the blues to know whose songs you're covering. But you could certainly <laughs> enjoy the album if if you don't know who you're covering. How did you decide on who you wanted to cover? I, I just didn't particularly want to go down the, the route of the songs that everybody knew that everybody's done. You know, I, I, I didn't particularly want to do that. I didn't mind having a couple of classics like Albert King. Uh, there's a Sam Cooke song on there. There's Ann Peebles, there's Betty Harris. There's a few, you know, legendary, Ovi Wright, um, a few legendary people. But I also wanted to bring in, in something. Fact, it's, it's very soul as well. as blues, It is quite it? soul. But I wanted to bring in some, um, some, some contemporary as well. So Mark Lanigan, who sadly passed away a couple of weeks ago. He was a singer in, in a band called The Screaming Trees, which had, had a lot of success. Um, and he's been working with people like John Paul Jones and things like that. But I just loved his album. And there was this song on there called Bleeding Muddy Water. And I just thought, yeah, we could Yeah, we that was on his blues, blues funeral album. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was just a case of Picking the songs that we knew that we could do some justice yeah, to. Yeah, there's, there's a Chris Wilson song who is uh, who's well known in Australia, but probably not that well known around the world. So it was nice to do that. And he was he, he was another guy that seemed to be suffering a lot of pain with, in in his life or his soul or whatever. So his his song, The Changeling, was a real I don't know, a real heart wrencher as well. They've all got a kind of story. To be honest, we had about a hundred songs of, of close couple of close, very well-respected friends suggested, oh, this could be good for you, this could be good. But it all came down to what we could bring to it, what I knew that I could do and what the band could do, always retain, to, to be able to retain the respect for the original writer and performer. Mm -hmm. So that's why we've ended up with those yeah. 13. And do, you, and do you want to guess who suggested the Paddy Griffin song? <laughs> we could have a little competition. Who do you think suggested that one? Oh, well... <laughs> Yeah, that was that was Robert. Well, oh, Robert, that, Robert that, Plant yeah. suggested a few. Betty Harris as well, and yeah, just close. A couple of close friends really, really uh, sent me sent us the songs, didn't they? Yeah, and, as, and as we far, put our own into it. As well, you know, like, as, as far as traditional blues goes, I, I, I think the, the album sort of ended up sounding a little bit more. I don't know. There's bits of it could slot into prog, and bits could slot into rock. It is blues. And it's, it, it, it is it is blues. Isn't blues it? rock, but. Really. Uh, but I noticed that you did an interview with Joe Satriani. Yep. And uh, it may be an odd choice, but like the, the guitar playing on the album, when I listened back, I, I can hear little bits of all these people that influenced me throughout my, my life since, I don't know, since uh, players since the late 60s or whatever. I, I got a Joe Satriani album in 1988, I think it was. Uh, I was surfing with the alien. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I just find him such a melodic player. Although he is in that new style of sort of heavy metal, lot of playing, he actually still had a, a lot of soul. So it was like he actually probably came from the blues, a bit like Eddie Van Halen did, and then adapted this uh, sort of new style. You know, that, that, that's how I think of him. You know, there, there's been other people since him who are just, you know, maybe widdly widdly, but Joe, Joe Satriani actually sounds like he came from a lot of soul and blues. I wanted to point out that I thought the your guitar solo on Trouble Blues was fantastic. It certainly stood out, had a real bluesy tone to it. And I know that you're influenced by Rory Gallagher. So I oh, wanted yeah. to ask you kind of about how you approach, you know, your playing. There's a couple of guitarists mentioned after people listen to the album. And that particular thing, Peter Green from Fleetwood yeah, Mac I days in the Peter late Green, 60s. So. I didn't actually sit down and say, I'm going to make myself sound like no. Peter Green. It just, the song lent itself to that kind of spacey Les Paul sound. You just found and a, and groove, a, and a lot of space. And I give it a lot of space and, you know, subconsciously a lot of that stuff's in your head. Peter Green, Rory Gallagher, Paul Kossoff, Jimi Hendrix, uh, even some of the faster ones, you know, the Chuck Berry will be in there. Or there's, it's it, it just comes out and afterwards you listen back and you go, I'll tell you, Dave Gilmore from Pink Floyd. I mean, some of his kind of influences are in there as well. And B.B. Uh, King, of course, is that. that's always in, in you. It, at the end of it, when it's just when you listen back and the, the mix and you think, oh, crikey, I, I sounded like that or I sounded a bit of that with, with a mix of that. It's all, it's all the stuff you absorb as a kid and influence you, isn't it? And, it's, and then they come out whenever you're given the opportunity. One of the songs that you covered when this world comes to an end seems a bit appropriate for the times that we're living in now. Oh, doesn't it again? Oh, now that that's frightening, isn't it? Is that, Just a bit. There was that, but whenever we're coming out of the pandemic and uh, we were wanting to get this album out, and uh, to have a song open it up called "See You Again," that we thought that we thought that was going to be the most poignant song in the album, "See You Again." Well, as things have developed when this world comes to the end <laughs> well that when this world comes to to an end is an old gospel blues song you know from from oh, way back way back when it's a traditional old old hymn actually i just i loved it i'd heard a a, a woman called ashley cleveland do it and um and I, I just loved it but yeah you're right i mean now it's just a bit too scary and uh, the lyric in it is I believe in being ready well I don't think any of us are ready none of us want it to end. We're, not, we're just not ready you well, know I, I don't know I, if you're going to blow into Armageddon make sure you got plenty of whiskey uh, you guys brought in some special guests for this album yeah um, but it sort of it was all quite organic it wasn't um, right let's have these people on the album it was really getting the the tracks to a certain level and then going you know I can really hear pedal steel here. So uh, our friend, they're all friends that have been on the, you know, that are the special guests, but our dear friend, BJ Cole, who's played with Emmylou Harris and even, even um, Humble Pie, you know, he's, he's just a, he's just an amazing He's been doing player. pedal steel since the early seventies yeah. with a lot of American country stars. Yeah, and he's one of the, the greatest. So, so it would happen like that. And then um, with the Hammond, our keyboard player, uh, Gerard G., He's uh, very much piano and um, and Wurlitzer and and he does play Hammond live, but there was that we wanted a big big old proper Hammond sound, 
and um, someone that's a bit mad on Hammond. Um, yeah. So we thought, Ooh, there was a guy called Paul Brown. I don't know if you've heard of him. He plays with the Water Boys now, but he uh, was with Ann Peebles and Bobby Rush. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's, an, he's an American guy from out of Nashville. And again, he's such a close friend. So he 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 guested on a, a couple of tracks, as did um, John Baggett, who was in Massive Attack and Portishead and, and Robert Plant's Sensational Space Shifters. Uh, and strange sensation. What John did was he brought some. I just, I just could hear some loops, like on the first opening track, which was "See You Again." I just wanted it to have a little sort of uh, loopy, sort of ethereal vibe. vibe. Yeah. So he brought all of that, and he also played some crack in Hammond as well. So um, it was just organic. We, we, we didn't sort of sit there and think, "Oh, let's get so and so." It was just we. We need this particular vibe on here. So who of our mates does that? <laughs> John Hogg in there as well. Now John Hogg has been in a band in America with uh, Rich Robinson from the Black Crows. Yeah. Uh, they were called Magpie Salute. John Hogg was a singer with that band, and he's uh, an old friend of ours from London. Uh, so we called him in. In fact, I, I've known John since... He was about 12 years old. He used to, I used to have 15. a, <laughs> God almighty. I used to have a, a bar band in London and uh, we played every Sunday lunchtime and we let his kids band play opening up for us for a couple of years. So we go back that long. Uh, so he came in and did all the backing vocals with us and stuff and give it a nice, so that, that's, that, that so it's a really cool backing vocal sound on the album. So that's. I've, I've also written songs with John you know on a previous album so I've known him a long time too and we've always worked great together we've got similar sounding voices actually they blend lovely together so he was a perfect one to bring in so yeah it was just all quite organic the way that happened and Marco Giovino on drums from uh, Boston uh, he's uh, he did our last album with us and he's playing drums on about half the tracks on this album he's he's on there he, he's again. He was with uh, like Robert Plant's Band of Joy at one point, and he does a lot of um, uh, who else? Emmy Lou Harris, did Nora he do? Jones. Nora Jones, also. So he's he's an he's a known drummer in America, Marco Giovino. So it's great great to have him. And uh, our longtime drummer did the other half of the songs, Richard Newman, and he was Rory Gallagher's last drummer for the last five years of Rory's career. You guys have been previewing this album live on the road and i wanted to ask when you returned to the road after being off the road for so long were there any nerves that weren't there before no no in fact it was the opposite we we've got a a, a newfound swagger it, it, as if we didn't have enough before we got a newfound one it just i think we're just determination all, I, think. I think it's called that we, we yeah. were just we were not we there, there was no Shyness, it worked the total opposite way to what you uh, suggested, George, think, which, yeah. which we would have thought it would have happened that way. But no, it was quite the opposite. We went out there with vigour and determination and have it, you know. That was <laughs> it, yeah. it, was. it was one of those. I think it's just because it's been, you know, 18 months of, of not doing it. We've all just been desperate to get out and play. And then um, when we did, it was just, well, hey, you know, we just, it was like coming out the starting for, for starting me, for, traps like yeah. crazy for me it was like i'd been locked out of the all you can eat chicken wing buffet for three hours 
Uh, you mentioned that your drummer was in Rory Gallagher's uh, band, and you guys recently played a show at Jerry McAvoy's Band of yeah. Friends for Rory Gallagher's 74th birthday celebration. How did that go? That that was lovely, because with, with uh, uh, Jerry McAvoy's Band of Friends, Jerry had on drums a guy called Brendan O'Neill, and uh, Brendan and uh, Jerry were together with uh, Rory, through, I think, uh, all through the 80s. That was it. So... Uh, and previous to Brendan was a guy called uh, Ted McKenna on drums, who uh, you, you may know Ted McKenna from like Michael Schenker and Sensational Alex Harvey Band and people like that. Oh, yeah. Ted died about five years ago, so Brendan joined Band of Friends with Jerry McAvoy. Well, they're, they're both lovely guys. So they're... Um, Ted was just one of life's most gorgeous people, and Brendy is as well. Yeah. They're really, really lovely, lovely people. Yeah. And whenever we played with Ted, he would tell Debbie stories about how he met her brother, John. And uh, John would teach him, that, you know, the spinning the sticks trick. <laughs> well, that's how that show us a few grooves on the drums and say, your brother taught me that. Yeah, He's a but, great guy. It was really good. The concert um, was with Jerry. I mean, we've known Jerry McAvoy for, for, for years. And of course, he is uh, a fellow countryman as Pete from Belfast in well, Northern I, Ireland. I've known Jerry since I was 13. I used well. I didn't know him then. I used to sneak into the Ulster Hall in Belfast to see Rory Gallagher. I'd sort of bunk the day off school and sneak in the back, and I'd sit with Rory in the dressing room changing strings, and then get you know the get to sit and watch the gig from the stage and stuff. So, so I had very very fond memories of Rory Gallagher and Jerry McAvoy, and uh, meeting them later in life and playing with them has uh, been great as well. You know that those shows and him delivering the Rory Gallagher songs were great, and it was it was like it was a bunch of old friends. It was lovely. I wanted to get you guys, it's sort of related, sort of not related, but um, I wanted to get your thoughts on if you've heard Beth Hart's new tribute to Led Zeppelin album. No, no, I haven't. No, no, I haven't heard that either. I've, I've heard of it, but haven't uh, given it a listen yet. Have, have you, George? Yeah, I'm not a, I don't really care for it. <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a big Beth Hart fan to begin with, but I mean, I was reading an article that, that she did and she's not even a fan of Led Zeppelin. So I'm like, this is, <laughs> this makes no sense. I just think that that's. Yeah. It's one of those where we've got to be careful on an answer on that, George. <laughs> I just, for somebody to do something and then go and say that they're not really a fan of that band it's not the correct way to go about something. No, what we did, yeah. we did it. We showed a, a hell of a lot of respect yeah. for the artists that we covered. I mean, how are you ever going to? How are you so. ever going to persuade anybody else that it's good if you're not convinced yourself and you don't like the band that you're covering? Did she really say that? She said she wasn't familiar. She didn't own a Led Zeppelin album, and she wasn't familiar with their work. It's not organic, and she's just doing it because. For the cash. But I'm very saddened to hear that you know for her to say something like that is um, that's a bit. It's it's sad because if you're going to do covers, you've got to you've got to mean it. You've got to have a love for that song. You've got to have a love for the artist um, who originally did it and who originally wrote it. And you you've got to you've got to do it in your own way, not a straight copy. I don't know if she's just done a, a straight copy or not, but you've got to bring your own soul and your own your own uh, heart to it. I, I I'm just a bit sort of flabbergasted by that actually. But there you go. It takes all sorts, doesn't it? Uh, Deborah, have you faced any difficulties in the music business being the sister of probably one of the most beloved rock drummers of all time? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the early days, not so much now. You know, I, I've, I've, I 
I'd like to think I've, I've proved my worth that, you know, what I can do. And um, I've never tried to jump on the back of, of that, you know. Um, but certainly in the beginning, I mean, people's expectations of what I was going to be, what I was going to do. People wanted me to do Led Zeppelin. I mean, I, I think I've, I've turned down more offers of doing a Led Zeppelin girl tribute, a Led Zeppelin covers album. A Led Ze I've turned that down more times than I want to think about, you know, because it's... It's that thing of, oh, no, not that again. And, yeah, it was difficult in the beginning. And to carve my own way through was hard. Um, but, you know, I believed in what I did, was doing, and I just stuck at it. And um, and now with this album, it's it's the first time I've really got to be in, in control of it, in charge of it. I did the production. Um, you know, I was able to work with uh, our band, um, because I know them better than anybody else. Um, and that's, it's taken a long time, but it, it's probably the best work we've done because of that. And that's why I have to give a shout out to Corto Valley and Bruce, Nina and Mike, because they let, they let us do that. They let me run with it and they, they trusted, you know, our musical um, experience, I guess, or that we knew each other well enough to, to make the album that we have. And, and there, there, there was a, what, what makes a lot of it, them great is the fact that we there's a few things that we needed to spend a bit of extra money on or redo that, and instead of saying oh that'll do and let it go, no they didn't let it go. They, did they, they were prepared to the look, mix the mixing really needed yeah. Tim Oliver. It did. Yeah, they were prepared to sort of uh, you know. Well, we put, didn't put we, up, we didn't redo anything else. It was the mixing. Okay, but they they were prepared to put up the money and say go for it. We're not. I could say that until we, you're happy. Do you want me to tell them that we redid all your guitars and it's not you? Yes, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got that. We got that. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of who we got. <laughs> I can't think of naming another guitarist that end up insulting them. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So they, yeah, they were. They were brilliant. So yeah, but it, you know. It's taken a few years to get through it, but again, it's just sticking at what you believe in. You know. I, I could have let it get me down, but I didn't. I mean, the only person that I needed to prove that to that I could do it was myself and and hold my brother's reputation in high esteem and, and, and never tried to disrespect that, you know. So I've just carried on regardless, really. <laughs> I know it's kind of early because we're still waiting for the covers album to come out, but you two are working on an originals album as well? Um, I only just started writing new stuff again. I mean, for me, um, when I'm in the thick of a project, which which is this, and we've been waiting for so long to get it released because of the pandemic, my heart is still in, in this. So it's difficult for me to just switch off from that, you know, and go, okay, that's done, onto a, onto a new project. So I don't really want to do that. I really want to enjoy playing these songs, and I really want to get out there and... And exactly that. Just enjoy doing this. Be excited about this project and enthuse. So, 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 yeah. so it comes across with the audience. You are genuine. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited you do actually about like it. What you're doing. I'm excited about this. Sometimes I'm just out and about, and an idea comes, and and if the idea is there, and I think it's a it's a goer, you know, I'll I'll play it to the band, and we'll try and do a sketch of it, you know. So at least it's gathering, you know, it's um, gathering ideas for as and when. I'm ready to go. Okay, let's let's move on to the next project. But that isn't right now. Uh, you're going to be touring through Europe shortly. Uh, is there any chance that you guys would make your way to the U.S.? 
Well, the, the hope is by the fall. I mean, we're just waiting on, um, you know, to see if things open up a little bit more. We've just got to see how it all pans out. Um, the idea was we were going to come st straight over, but of course the pandemic put pay to that. So we're just going to go to Europe, you know, UK and Europe where we can go at the moment and really hope that come the fall or maybe spring, latest, latest spring next 2023 that we'll be there. But there's no doubt that we're coming to the US. We definitely are. We had such a great time in 2018 and 2019. Yeah, we, we came back at the uh, to mid 2019. Yeah. We came back just on our own without uh, without Paul Rogers and Jeff Beck and we all that. We did the East we, Coast, didn't we? Yeah. Did, um, did, we came did back the cutting just our room. band. Yeah. yeah, did the cutting room in New York and Daryl Hall's place and Levon Helm's place upstate in you know, Woodstock. It was just so great. And yes, um, three very cool venues, were, weren't they? they? Was that, that's, yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. So we're sort of desperately keen to get there, you know, um, but we've just got to see that things do open up. I'll tell you what's really cool about that. How long will we be there? 10 days, 12 days? Yeah. Or was it longer? Is it? We, rather than doing hotels and stuff, we actually find a central base on the Airbnb in, uh, in Belmar, New, in Belmar, New Jersey. Uh, oh yeah, because we played. Um, we played. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, there's another venue we played. Was that Ash? Uh, oh, Ash, Ash, something Park. Ash, Asbury Park. I, I, Asbury, Asbury Park. Park. Yeah. Asbury Park. That was it. That was. Yeah. Oh, that was great. So we we spent we we did uh, about six or seven days in two different uh, locations. So we we actually got to know the, uh, you know, and we had quite a few days off. So we we got to know the people in the bars in the areas we were playing for a while. That was very cool. We sort of just rented a big house and we all slept in the house and cooked and went around the bars and then went out and did a couple of shows. That was a fantastic time. Um, and we had a great time. So yeah, we're really hoping that we'll be back out there. You guys have been together for decades, uh, I read, and I had to ask, how do you do that? Because if I had to live and work with my spouse, I, it'd drive me nuts. <laughs> there are moments. <laughs> whiskey. Whiskey. Of whiskey. <laughs> I mean, you know, we just respect each other's what, what we do. I think that's the key. If he was a, a rubbish guitarist and he thought, if I thought he was rubbish guitarist and he thought I was a rubbish singer, I don't think we'd have got past the first year, you know. So we sort of both respect each other. Not going to say there aren't moments. And my devilish good looks. Okay, which, yeah. Which are, the, which are the perfect looks for uh, audio-only podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Since we first met 31 years ago, we've been together 24-7. We've never had separate jobs you know, we, we we even started up our own company and and uh, where we both worked. So we've just been twenty four seven for all these years. So I guess in most marriages that would mean like we've been married like seventy five years. No, one hundred and fifty three hundred years. Depends. Some days it feels like it was only yesterday. Other days yeah, it feels and you like remember, it's yeah. way too long. Yeah. When you say it only feels like yesterday, it was a bloody horrible day yesterday. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, we just respect each other. He, you know, he let me get on with the production of the album. I let him get on with organising the tours and stuff. You know, I just turn up and get on the bus and do as he tells me to do. Um, and, um, and with her little accident yesterday, it's like we're calling it a head-banging accident or it was a bin-lidden attack. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Oh, 
I don't, I don't think we argue so much now. We used to when we were younger, when everything seems so important and everything seems so, you know, um, the slightest thing would be a big deal. As you get older, you just think, oh, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it's not that important at all. Why did you ever think that was important? You know, so things have changed as we've got older and we're a lot more laid back about it all. But that, that goes with the band too. I mean, the band, we've been with the keyboard player, gosh, 20 odd years more. Um, the, the, the bass player, Ian, keyboard player, Gerard, G, G, we call him G, Lewis. Uh, bass player is Ian Rowley, who I've been on and off in bands with since we were 16. And the drummer, he's the new boy. He's about- 2008 he joined. Yeah. <laughs> Seems the new boy. Years, he's a new boy. <laughs> We've all had our moments, but uh, the next, you know, we next day we all wake up, kiss and make up, and get back on the bus, and off we go again. <laughs> so it's fine, and they're they're like, uh, you know, we are like a, a family. It's it's like having your brothers. We, we've always we've always had the interesting drummers. So is that the uh, that our new boy, Rich Newman, who we talked about earlier? From he replaced Jerry Shirley, who was with us for eight years. Jerry Shirley was Humble Pie's drummer, and uh, he was also like a, a few uh, sort of. Later rock bands like Fastway, you know, with uh, he was, the, he was Fast Eddie from Motorhead, he was and the, Pete Way yeah. from UFO. He was the founder of uh, Humble Pie, though, wasn't he? With, yeah, with Steve, fantastic drummer. It was an honor having him in the band. Well, that's all I have for you today. The new album is Bonham Bullock, it's a fantastic blues, little bit of rock tinge to it album. And I wish you the best of luck on it. Thank you, George. Thank you so much. Once again, I want to thank Deborah Bonham and Peter Bullock for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out their debut blues covers album, Bonham Bullock, out on Quattro Valley Records. If you like what you hear, make sure you go out and buy the physical product. Make sure that you support the artist. Head over to DeborahBonham.com, find out where Bonham Bullock is playing live, and link over to buy a copy of the new album. I also want to thank John Lappin of Lappin Enterprises for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.